In the name of Jesus, amen. Oh, great. Well, the microphone died, so uh, we'll do our best here. All right. Uh, every year during Lent, uh, we hear of Jesus engage in battle against the devil. And on the first Sunday of Lent, we see Jesus fight direct temptations from the devil in the wilderness. On the second Sunday of Lent, we see him cast out the demon from the Canaanite woman's daughter. On the third Sunday of Lent, we see him heal a man who, was, uh, who had a demon and who was mute. On the fourth Sunday of Lent, we see Jesus feed 5,000 and withstand an indirect temptation that is a temptation to be made king by force. That is the temptation to avoid his cross. And today we see Jesus engage in battle once more against the devil. And this is the battle of false doctrine or the battle of lies. Uh, This is the battle between truth and lies, the word of God and that of false doctrine. Now, there's a lot to teach here today, but I'm just going to focus in on one small part of it. Uh, This is the context of John chapter 8, the gospel lesson for today. Jesus is in the temple. He's teaching Uh, And he's teaching the Jews who believed in him. And he's also teaching those who didn't believe in him, the scribes and the Pharisees. And while he's teaching, they keep interrupting and interjecting while he talks. So just imagine that here this morning, uh, we not only had members of the church, those who believed and wanted to be here, but we also had uh, hecklers in the congregation and people in the back who keep interjecting and raising their voice and challenging every point and asking questions and derailing the whole service, right? So so that's the image that you would have in mind when thinking of John chapter 8. He's there teaching, and they keep interjecting. They keep asking these things, and it's sort of a chaotic sort of scene. Now, as you read through the chapter, you see Jesus speak more and more pointedly, more and more specifically, Uh, more and more sternly. In fact, he seems to become more offensive. He flat out says that they are children of the devil, that their father is the devil himself. We have not seen such pointed words from the mouth of Christ like this. And the reason I want you to keep this in mind is because there's an idea that's going around that Jesus is some sort of nice guy. That he is a guy who doesn't really want to rock the boat. He's really here to preach a message of love and tolerance and acceptance. And why can't we all just get along? He just wants us to be together and everybody love each other. He doesn't care about the doctrinal differences and the divisions, the points of doctrine. He just cares that we're all united in one big family. Right Now, that idea is thousands of years old. There was a group of people called the Sophists, and they were the ones who believed that man is the judge of what is right and true. That man judges what is good, what is true, and what is beautiful. So they rejected the idea of objective or absolute truth. They said everything is subjective. It's all about preference or taste, that there's no such thing as objective beauty. They would say beauty is in the eye of the beholder. They would also say there's no such thing as objective truth. 
Because truth is in the mind of the thinker or the person who thinks of these things. Uh, Now, all of this, it should sound really, really familiar to you. In the 1970s, this idea came back with a vengeance. Today, we call it postmodernism or relativism. It's the idea that everything is relative. It is all subjective to you. So there is no the truth. There is my truth, and then there is your truth, right? There's no one way to live. There's my way to live. There's your way to live, and we just live. You do you. I do me. Let's just move on. Uh, and there's no debating the subject. It's it just, that's how it is. Every, everything is true. Everything is equally validly true, even if it contradicts the other. They're both considered to be true. And this is one of the most pernicious lies of the devil, that truth is unknowable. And that even if truth is knowable, then it doesn't even matter. Uh, Sadly, a lot of pastors and congregations have fallen into this trap. They've adopted this lie. It has entirely changed the preaching of the word, the services, the teaching, any sort of pastoral admonition. So, for instance, when it comes to the Lord's Supper, when it comes to communion, the practice, they practice what we would call open communion. That is the practice of allowing anyone, regardless of what they believe, to come and receive the very body and blood of Christ in, from the altar. And they will say, well, as long as you believe in Jesus, or as long as you're baptized, then you're free to come and commune. But here's the problem. There are a lot of different teachings about Jesus. And so the question is, well, which Jesus are you talking about? Because do you mean the Jesus that says, don't hinder the children? Don't prevent the children from coming to me. Allow the little children to come to me so that I will bless them and give them the kingdom of heaven and that I would baptize them and wash away their sins. Are you talking about the Jesus that baptizes infants or the Jesus who prevents them and says, no, babies shouldn't be baptized and I don't uh, want them here until they can make a decision? Those are two different people. Are you talking about the Jesus who says that he is truly in the Lord's Supper? He neither lies nor deceives us, who says, this is my body, this is my blood given for you for the forgiveness of your sins to eat and to drink. Or do you believe in the Jesus who says something he doesn't mean and then goes ahead and does something that he didn't say, that he's far away and that the Lord's Supper is simply a way for us to remember him in our hearts? Because that, those are two totally different people as well. Do you believe in the Jesus who says, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near? Or the one who says, just come as you are, there's no need to repent, no need for faith, no need to call yourself a sinner or change? Again, two different people. Do you believe in the Jesus who conquered death and physically rose from the dead? Or do you believe in the Jesus who didn't? the one who just spiritually resurrected in our hearts. Because there are churches that say that. Do you believe that Jesus, in the Jesus that says, no one comes to the Father except through me? 
Or do you believe in the one that says there are many ways to heaven and this is just one option? Because there are churches that teach these things and there are people who believe these things. And so the question of uh, the, the statement that as long as you believe in Jesus is not enough. It's not enough. It doesn't go far enough. Some would say, okay, well, pastor, you're splitting hairs. You're making mountains out of molehills. These things are not that significant. You're being intolerant, unloving, unwelcoming. The main point is that we just get along. Why don't we focus on that? Well, whoever says this, I will just say, does not know the power, uh, the, the word of God or the power therein. They say that truth is unknowable and that if, even if we could know it, it, it doesn't matter. <clears throat> By the way, just compare that sort of attitude to Jesus' attitude in John chapter 8. Does it sound like Jesus doesn't care about doctrinal differences or that he doesn't care about the truth? Or does it sound like he just says, you know what, we can't really know. That's right. I don't know. Maybe your, your, your truth is just as valid as mine. He doesn't speak that way. In fact, he confesses the truth to the point of death that they pick up stones to throw at him. Uh, on the other hand, you'll have Christians who say, okay, fine, we can know the truth, but what we need to do is we just need to be very careful how we say it because we don't want to offend anyone. We don't want to give the wrong impression that we are judgmental or we're coming down so hard on one point or anything like this. So we don't want to be uh, offensive or judgmental. Uh, the truth is here, when it comes to the truth, we can't mince words. I can't tell you how much effort churches have put into trying to not sound offensive. Um, their presupposition is that the word of God is offensive. And then they try to tone it down and say, how do I preach this without stepping on toes? How do I say this? without offending somebody or making someone mad. Uh, I will tell you, the answer is you can't. Because the world has already determined that truth is offensive. They've already determined that truth is hateful and unloving. Uh, we've seen Christian pastors and churches pour themselves over books on sociology on communication, on marketing, and so on. They try to find a way to tell someone that they've sinned without actually saying the words uh, that they have sinned or without actually saying repent. Uh, we have seen this most recently with the big boom of homosexuality. Instead of just saying it, they will speak vaguely. They will hide what they're saying behind a euphemism and statements like, well, you know what? We all sin. Uh, nobody is perfect, and we all need Jesus. And then they'll never get to the point. And they'll avoid the issue at hand instead of just saying the word of God plainly and clearly says that homosexuality is an abomination in his sight. That is the word of the Lord. And it is a sin against the God who made you, the God who loves you, the God who spilled his blood for you. Repent. This goes not only for that, but all sins too. This is a trick of the devil to make you think that the word of God is unclear and does not speak to these things. 
Now, there is another attack. There is the attack uh, within the church uh, of an indifference towards false doctrine. There is a softening of the word of God and without ever getting to the point. But there is an attack on the world uh, that the devil wants confusion and chaos, not just in the church, but also in the world. Uh, When the devil, though, attacks the world with lies, his end goal is the church. This means that we should be zealous for the truth, not only in church, but also outside of the church. We need to strive uh, and contend for the truth. Uh, let, let, me, let me say this. <clears throat> there is an all-out attack on the truth right now in the world like we have not seen before. Every microphone and every screen And every uh, uh, radio station, all of these things are pointed to one direction, and that is denying the truth. And parents, I want you to listen closely if you have small children or children. There's a direct attack on your children. Because all of this stuff you see about critical race theory, about forced diversity and inclusivity and equity... All of the LGBTQ indoctrination in movies, in shows, in books, the drag queens reading books to little children, reading the Bible in church even, giving children sermons. Disney World admitting this week that they are deliberately planning to indoctrinate and groom your children. Men competing in women's sports and being called women and receiving those awards. All of this stuff is not about changing your minds. A good number of irrational and weak-willed people are going to adopt these ideas for their job and friends. But the world is not really out to get you. They're out to get your children. They know that you are set in your ways, but your children are not. And if they can train your children up, if they can raise them seeing and hearing and believing the chaos and confusion in this world, then they can rip them out of your arms once and for all forever. I'm not sensationalizing anything here. You you can look this up yourself. Just take five minutes and just look online. Listen to anything. You can see this yourself. I'm not being an alarmist. I'm not trying to rile you up. It's not a conspiracy or a hoax like uh, the, the Y2K thing or the end of the Mayan calendar, stuff like that. This is simply and plainly what is going on. This is in broad daylight. The devil uses lies and he uses all of them. And he uses these things to take you away from Christ. Now, Christians will oftentimes ask, well, how is any of that stuff going to affect my faith in God? Can't, can't both be true? Can't it just, we just brush that aside and then still uh, 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 follow the word and still be a Christian? I mean, uh, can we really define a woman anyway? Can we really define marriage? Can we really define when life begins? Do we know? I'll put it this way. That if the devil can get you to doubt and question and be confused about something so plain and clear, 
something so obvious and self-evident as the difference between a man and a woman, then he can get you to question and doubt something as clear as the forgiveness of sins. If he can make you tolerate the murdering of little babies in mother's wombs, the idea that it's even possible for a man to become a woman by mutilating his own body, the idea that two men or two women can enter into holy matrimony, the idea that promiscuity and cohabitation is just a natural part of this life and we should embrace it, then the devil can get you to tolerate that there is no such thing as sin and that there is no such need for a savior. The way Jesus deals with lies, which is the only weapon of the devil, the, devil, the way he deals with lies is by asserting the truth and not shrinking back. He simply speaks his word and cuts through the lies and the confusion. He plainly asserts truth in the midst of any opposition, if it costs him his life. Truth is knowable. Jesus himself says it. it's not some fuzzy sort of thing that we can't really get, get a grasp on. We don't really know what it is. He plainly says today, if you abide in my word, you will know, you're truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. In John 17, Jesus says, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. So if the, if the Lord, the God who made heaven and earth, cares about truth in this way, and he opposes all false doctrine, all lies, and all error, then we ought to do the same. As a church and children of God, we can never and we should never grant lies an equal place with the truth, ever. If you love God, then you love truth. Because God is truth. And that means you ought to hate lies because truth cannot tolerate lies or deceit. In fact, it is the very nature of truth to antagonize error and falsehood, to rebuke it. We won't tolerate lies neither in the church nor in the world. We need to be blunt as Christians. We need to call this out for what it is, that lies are indeed demonic. They are from a source. They're from a place. They're from the, 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 the devil, the father of lies. The devil is the father of lies. And when we speak lies or believe them or tolerate them, we are setting ourselves up against God. It's for this reason we don't gossip and slander. This is why we don't misrepresent people or teachings. This is why we don't sit back quietly, silently, and acquiesce and watch the world replace truth with lies. This is why we don't tolerate false doctrine in our sermons, in our hymns, in anything, in our books, in anything in the church. Just as Jesus spoke the truth clearly and plainly in the, faces, uh, in the face of opposition, we ought to do the same. <clears throat> now, the, the entire time I've been speaking about uh, speaking the truth, but the only way you can speak the truth is if you first hear 
the truth for yourself. And I know it's difficult to do, especially when Jesus' words cut to your heart and when they offend you and when they condemn what you do and say for you to repent. And, they, and the word requires for you to change how you live and believe. When we hear God's word, we need to examine our own hearts and first repent of our own sin. That instead of picking up stones when we hear the truth, we're to bow our knee before the Lord. He does not mince words, but says with perfect clarity that you are indeed poor, miserable sinners who deserved temporal and eternal death. That is true. That the things you do in your life that are contrary to the word of God, contrary to the commandments of the Lord, these are things you must repent of and change and amend your ways. But to you, the Lord not only speaks the pure truth of condemnation, he also speaks the truth of consolation. He not only tells you you have sin, but he tells you you have a savior from that sin. And he has come to cut through the lies of the devil and speak the word of truth into your heart. He has come to tell you that he is the Lord who came to redeem you, a lost and condemned creature with his holy and precious blood. So dear saints, don't shrink back from hearing the truth and don't shrink back from speaking the truth. Jesus says, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.